Give honor to God. Okay, it's delayed recording. But okay, give honor to God and all the saints, thanking God for the privilege of prayer, thanking God to be able to come together to exalt his name, to say thank you, God, for bringing us through another week. You didn't have to do it, but you did. God, we give you all the praise. God, we give you the glory. He's given us traveling mercy going to and from. You let us go out where we go. When we get back home safe, God, we thank you. God, we praise you. We exalt you. We magnify your name. God, we thank you, God, for you being God. God, to be in a eugenic assassination program and still standing. God, to know you, to know that you care, to know that your will must be done. God, help us, help us, Lord, destroy this eugenics assassination program. Help us, Lord, to expose it, to have it destroyed according to your will. Direct our path. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Don't let us sit here and watch another generation of people become killed and destroyed behind this horrific legal abuse, betrayal of the Constitution, eugenic assassination program. We decree and declare in the name of Jesus that, that this program will be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, all eugenics programs will be destroyed. Every electronic torture program, directed energy program, legal abuse program, betrayal of the contract, betrayal of the Constitution, every curse that was rendered in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus will turn it into a blessing program, a program that advances human life, advances good health, advances reproduction, advances the uh, caring of pregnant women, caring of children, caring of the elderly, that curse will be reversed in the name of Jesus. We decree it, we declare it in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus against every ritual, every curse set on this earth to try to have hell on earth. Plead the blood of Jesus over God's people. God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for your son who died on the cross. God, for us to be able to plead the blood against these evil dark forces that have done wicked things to have this much power. We bind and rebuke the spirit of killing. We bind and rebuke untimely death. We bind and rebuke everything associated with eugenic assassination programming. We stand on your word that no violent man, no violent woman will shed our blood. That our blood and our bloodline, our bloodline's blood, is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. That evildoers will have no power. God, we ask you to cover those sick and in the hospital. God, we ask you to cover those suffering, targeted, treasured individuals. God, we ask you to open the windows of heaven to turn things around. God, we ask you to mold us into the men and women that you would have us be, not the men and women we want to be. God, it's hard. Help us, God. Clean us up. Make us whole. Make us the men and women you created us to be, God. Bind up the demonic attacks 
Let us know, let us find out, God, that there is no other way but you. And that no matter what attack they put on us, that we can stand on your word. God, help us. We need you, Heavenly Father. We need you to open the windows of heaven to direct our path. This is a big task. God, organize your people. Send other Christians, Heavenly Father. If other God-loving people to punch the devil in the eye, to shut down the program, to enforce the walls of protection, which are our laws against enemies. Our laws would shut this program down. We decree and declare that the three branches of government, the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch will be used to work together to shut down demon forces that they will be exposed, that they will be yanked out. I plead the blood of Jesus on that demon Boyd and Gray. I plead the blood of Jesus on every program Boyd and Gray has put on this earth to kill people. God, I put the killing he has done of millions of people in your hands. God, use your people to not let this man kill no more people. I plead the blood of Jesus to end the death sentence with Boyd and Gray. I plead the blood, the blood of Jesus that that untimely death demon must stay away from God's people. I plead the blood of Jesus that everything he rendered on this earth will come back to him triple fold. And every demon working in cahoots with him, it will come back triple fold. I bind and rebuke that demon space exploration program. I bind and rebuke that demon spirit of killing people, labeling people dead while they're alive. I bind and rebuke the demon spirit of institutionalizing, medically kidnapping healthy people and harming them. God, I decree and declare that you have a treasured individual out here that will disable chips, that will disable the ability for these people to use directed energy weapons. I come against the secrecy curse. I come against the curse of ignorance. Not wanting to know, not knowing about this program, not willing to know about the program. Come against it. I call exposure to it. I stand on Ephesians 5.11 that says, take no part in the works of darkness, rather expose them. I decree and declare that, that this demon program, this demon assassination program will be exposed. For those we lost, God, we ask you that they rest in peace. I call my mother blessed. I call my sister blessed. And I call my father blessed. I call Mahita's father blessed. Thank you for those who still have their family, their, their, their parents. God bless them. Cover Ann's mother who's sick. Cover my other friend's father who's in the hospital. Cover him from head to toe, Heavenly Father. God, we praise you. We thank you, God, for what yet is to come. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we believe and we decree, Heavenly Father, that this earth will is your earth. You are the creator and it will be administered according to your will. Your people will come together to rebuke and bind and remove out of all governance positions demons under the disguise of politicians. Find and rebuke the deception in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to keep each one of us in good health. We bind that demon spirit of 
leg targeting, arm targeting, back targeting. We bind it, we rebuke it, Heavenly Father. We bind and rebuke the pain management of people, the new slavery. We send that demon back to the pit of hell that he came from. We bind up every resurrected demon spirit of slavery. Every attempt to resurrect that demon, we send it back to the pit of hell. We plead the blood, the blood of Jesus is against that demon spirit. Everybody, demon, playing with, pursuing curses and spells to put these things, let it come back to them triple fold in the name of Jesus. God, lead us tonight as we learn how to hear better from you. We read about the benefits of fasting and praying. God, direct us. Let us be better prayer warriors. Hear our cry, Lord. We approach this new week. Cover us and protect us, Lord. We thank you for all you've done already. Just thank you. We praise you. Thank you for grace, mercy, favor. Everything you've done, we thank you, God. Guide us to be able to hear from you better and to do your will. Clean us up, Lord. Let us yield our entire lives to you, God. Not easy, but it can be done. Let us stand as strong soldiers in the army of the Lord, knowing that we will trust you until we die. God, we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at... Uh, fasting. Fasting to know God's purposes. What is it? What is? What does it mean to fast to know God's purposes? Go ahead, Wahida, and then uh, Dion, if you can pray a little, put some prayers on this earth to keep this earth under the under the will of God. While demons are trying to put hell on earth, we need all the prayer. Go ahead, Wahida. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was doing something inside. Father God, I give you praise. I give you thanks. I honor you. I cherish you. I believe in you. I know that you is the one true God of the world. I love you. I bless you. Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for life today, for me and my children, and my whole bloodline. Also the T.I.s, Miriam, and the brothers that are on. And also who can make it, Macy and Nina and all the TIs, Father, who are suffering from these technologies and this crime, oh, Father. Please help us. Please continue to give us food, clothing, and shelter. Please don't make no evil men or women shed our blood or, or take our lives. 
Our blood and lives are precious in your eyes. We shall live to serve you and do your works all the day of our lives. Any weapon formed against us shall not prosper, but go back to the rightful owner, and it shall hit them into the pit of hell along with their bloodline. Oh, Father, thank you for healing my son. Thank you for everything you're doing for me and my children. Please continue to wake them up, Father. Let them know what's going on so they can protect themselves. Also, my families, my mom, my sister, brothers, they all took the coronavirus shot, Father. Please guide them, protect them, keep them alive. Only you can help with everything that's going on, Father. Please end this program. Please end all these technologies, destroy them, turn them back onto who are using them onto us. Please give me strength and courage to be more, think more positive, positive and, and think about the future. Please, Father, help me with that. I don't know. I keep, I keep believe, um, think back about the past and I always, no things that are happening and it 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 tends to stay in on my my thoughts my mind please let give me a way show me a way to deal with this and think positive because i know you're there for me thank you so much father in your holy name amen amen Dion, you want to pray? Uh, Father, thank you so much for this night. We ask you, Heavenly Father, be with the targeted individuals on the call. Father, we've been so unfaithful. Treasured, treasured. Unrighteous. Treasured, treasured individuals. Treasured, treasured. But Lord, I thank you so much for all that you've done, even though we're undeserving, Father. So I rebuke all these demons that are busy at work. I pray and I ask that you... Intervene in the lives of all these people, these TIs. Be with them. Give them strength, dear Lord. Send angels, mighty angels that excel in strength to be with them, to enable them to overcome this traumatic, uh, these traumatic attacks. Be with the sister on the line. Be with all those that couldn't be with us today. Be with uh, Professor Snyder and her teachings. I ask your father that you please enable us to overcome this world. It's becoming more and more demonic every day. The devil, the demons are attacking on every level. And Father God, we know that we're we're not able to overcome this world without you. So we pray and ask that you enable us. Give us the strength that's required to live daily and to walk righteously by faith. Dear Lord, I ask that you bless and keep us. We don't want to be lost. We want to be with you, dear Father. We pray for all those that are dealing with the COVID and whatever other variants that are out there of the uh, the virus or the pandemic. Dear Father, we be, be with all the elderly, the pregnant women, the children, everyone that's suffering now, Lord Father. All the children that can't be in school, be with the elderly, Father. Be with those that are, are um, not able to manage the disabled, those that are sick, those that are hungry those that are poor and needy, Father, comfort them. Your Father, we need you on this planet, so we pray and we ask, we invoke 
the, the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of beneficence, of love, kindness. Holy Spirit, Father, we need you in every way, shape, and form, Father. We pray and we ask that you reset this dysfunctional algorithm on the planet that's causing everyone to just be in a total state of chaos where there's unknown, un, unnecessary killings, there's uh, trauma, there's ongoing uh, crime, the manifestation of hatred, the, you know, just the level of dysfunction on this planet. Father, we need you. And we pray and we ask, dear Lord, that you be crowned forthwith as King of Kings and Lord of Lords uh, immediately so that we can end this great controversy on the planet and usher in your kingship. So I ask this in many mercies, what I fail to ask, fail not to grant in your righteous name. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Okay. Hi, Diane. Sorry for not mentioning your name. I didn't remember. Oh, no, that's okay. That's all right. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Ann said she would call in, and so did Mel, but we're going to move forward in, in, until whenever. All right. We're looking at God's purpose for fasting, to hear, to hear from God. In Joel 1.14, it says, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly and cry out to the Lord. I do believe we need to come together and fast. We should pick a day and just not eat uh, for 12 hours or more. And then pick a time to pray and put this program on that prayer, prayer line. I think that's going to be critically important. All right, we've been learning about what God, what God that God wants to answer our prayers. As we act within the will of God, meeting various conditions, our prayers will be answered. We must realize that the enemy is trying to hinder us. We have a responsibility to pray through until the answer comes. We cannot give up. Suppose, for instance, God has stated that it is his will to heal us. If he has given us the promise of healing, that is not the time to sit back and say, I'm leaving it up to God. If it's his will, he's going to do it anyhow. That is as far as from being in line with the mind of God as a person could possibly be. The appropriate response is, God, you have promised. Thank you. I will seek you with all my heart for the fulfillment of what you have promised. This is the prayer that God desires us to pray when he moves to fulfill the promises of his grace on behalf of his people. He wants us to seek him even when he has told us what he plans to do. This is true not only for individual requests, but also for promises regarding nations and the world. So that means that if God, we know it's God's promise to get rid of this eugenic assassination program, to move these demons out of place. Can we just sit back and say, okay, God's going to do it. He's going to move these demons out. No, we have to seek God. We have to continue to pray that God desires us to pray when he moves to fulfill the promises of his grace. 
In this chapter, we'll look at a promise of God that after that affects believers particularly. What does God want to do for his people in these last days? And what is our response to and what is our response to be? Scripture answers both of these questions. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you yeah. hear me? Okay, okay. A, a proper response. Let's start with a prophetic scripture about Israel that helps us understand further our proper response to God's stated purposes. The prophecy in Ezekiel concerns the national restoration of Israel, and it, it also applies to God's purposes for his people. Actually, many things in the natural restoration of Israel, the fig tree, are patterns and examples for the spiritual restoration of the people, the vine. The latter part of Ezekiel 36 is a promise from God to restore the people of Israel to their own land and inheritance. Probably the greatest single objective proof that the Bible is an up-to-date and reliable book is the fact that God is restoring Israel to her own land. If there was never restoration of Israel, we would have to take our Bibles and throw them away as worthless books because the entire Bible is committed to that fact. Starting at verse 24 and going through verse 30, we find that God says more than a dozen times in those seven verses that he will do certain things for the house of Israel for the sake of his holy name. See verse 22. In other words, God's intervention is not due to Israel's merits. It is God's faithfulness to his promises and concern for the glory of his own name that moves him to intervene in this way. Look at just the first two verses, verses of Ezekiel 36, 24 to 25. Uh, for I will take you from among the heathen, and I will gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. God says here certain things that he's going to do. Four times he says, I will, and yet look at his words at the close of the great prophecy. Thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them, verse 37. The Hebrew for the word inquire means to seek God with great earnestness. Even though God has stated that he's going to do, he still desires that his people seek him earnestly. I see in this verse a principle in God's relationship in dealing with his praying people. God's predestined purpose provokes man's free response according to God's foreknowledge. He says, in fact, when you see me, intervene on your behalf in this way. When you see my promises coming into fulfillment, I expect a response from you. Of your own free will, I expect you to turn to me in humility and to seek me earnestly in prayer for the completion of what I have promised and what you have already seen begin to take place. In other words, when God begins to move in sovereign grace on behalf of his people, fulfilling the prophecies and the 
revelations of his word. And when God's people see these promises coming into fulfillment, then we do not sit back and say, isn't that wonderful? Look what God is doing. That is not the appropriate response. The response should be God is moving on our behalf. Let us seek his face with all our hearts that he may fulfill the good word he has promised. As we learned previously, there will come a time to dance. When the battle is finished, that is the time to gather the spoils. But until then, knowing God's will should provoke us to a new measure of spiritual earnestness. That means keep on praying. God's purpose for his people. Let us ask an important question. What is God's purpose for us, the body of Jesus Christ? What has God revealed that he will do? What do we see him doing at this time? Two scriptures provide our answer. The first is Acts 2.17, which gives a sovereign declaration of what God will do for his people in the last days. It says this, it shall come to pass in the last days, God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Thank God he did not say I will pour out my spirit. If the church unites, if the people unite, or if the theologians, theologians concur, or if the bishops permit, because it will never happen. God says, no matter what happens, I am going to do this. This is my sovereign grace. This is my predestined intervention on behalf of my people. I will pour out my spirit on all fresh flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. When Peter quoted that statement on the day of Pentecost, he linked it directly with a prophecy from the book of Joel that addresses the restoration of God's people in the last days. I believe if, if we look at Joel 2.25, we will find the key word that describes what God is doing in his outpouring of his Holy Spirit. I will restore you the years that the locusts have eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army which i sent among you the key word is restore a national restoration of israel and a spiritual restoration of god's people god's purpose of this present time as revealed in scripture is restoration of his people through the outpoured spirit acts 2:17 says i will pour out my spirit joel 2:25 says i will restore we have seen this happening for decades all over the world. It is not because there are such wonderful preachers or such wonderful Bible teachers that we are, that we see these results. No human being can take the credit for it. It is God's faithfulness to his word that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Every sector of the human race, without an exception, is going to experience the last day's outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God said to Israel, I will take you from the heathen. I will put you in your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. I will cleanse you from all your sins and all your idols and your filthiness. God says concerning the people, 
I will pour out my spirit upon every section of the church. There shall come a tremendous supernatural visitation. We see this being fulfilled. The next question when God when then becomes, when, what is our response to this great move of God? Turning with all our hearts. Let's look again at the book of Job. The outline of this short prophetic book is simple. Desolation, restoration, judgments. Here's what God requires of his people in order to be delivered from desolation and to enter into restoration. The Lord says, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to God. Joel 1.14. Cry out to the Lord indicates desperate intercessory prayer. Gather the people of God into the house of God and then cry out to God. Further, unite fasting with prayer, not privately, but publicly, collectively. In Joel 2.12, it says again, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And then beginning in verse 15, we read, below the trumpet in Zion, consecrate, sanctify, set aside a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies. Let the priests who minister to the, to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Blowing the trumpet indicates public proclamation. It is always a sign of warning and calling God's people together. While all are called, notice the particular emphasis upon the leaders, the elders, the ministers, and the priests. There is one, there, here is one place today in the church where anyone who is going to lead had better lead. A certain spiritual leader I know said to me, frankly, I have to run to keep up with the people I'm supposed to be leading. I want to challenge every leader. If you're a leader, you had better lead. And the lead means to go ahead. Otherwise, the eager lay people will go ahead of their official leadership. When this call to fasting comes forth from the word of God, the priests, the ministers, and the leaders have an obligation to take the initiative and show real leadership. In Joel 2.28, it speaks of the promise of restoration. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, where Joel says afterward, Peter says in the last days. That is permissible because the Holy Spirit gave him that application. But I want to tell you that Peter's in the last days does not set aside Joel's afterward. Afterward is another of those words like therefore that calls us to take a second look. Anytime we consider the word afterward, we have to ask, after what? The answer is, after we have done what God tells us to do, what did God tell us to do? That to sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, turn to him with all your hearts, with fasting and weeping and mourning. After that, God says that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. All that we have seen seen of the outpouring of God's spirit is just a little sprinkle in relationship to what God has declared that he will do. We have seen him move. We know that this is the honor 
Now it's up to us to respond. It is up to us to move and unite ourselves with what he is doing so that his purposes may come to complete fulfillment. How do we move on? I want to suggest to you that God is calling his people with new emphasis to prayer and fasting. We have addressed the topic of fasting in several places earlier. We now know what it means going without food deliberately for the sake of spiritual accomplishment. Fasting is a part of the total provision of God for his believing people. It is part of our spiritual discipline. Not only is fasting the revealed will of God for every professing Christian, but it is particularly the will of God for us at this time of the outpouring of God's spirit. Let's take a look now at the theme of fasting in connection with restoration. Fasting has a particular relationship to the work of restoration, the great Old Testament. And that means you want to see great changes, you want to be restored, start fasting. The great Old Testament chapter on fasting, Isaiah 58, set forth two kinds of fast, one that does not move the arms of the Lord and one that does. In verse 3 to 5, it describes the fast that is not acceptable to God. The reason is that attitudes and relationships of the people involved are wrong. They are resentful. They are grasping. They are curvaceous. They are legalistic. They are censoristic. They are critical of others. God says that if we fast with that attitude and spirit, we cannot expect him to hear us or to answer our prayer. In verse 6 to 12, it outlines the kind of fast that he desires. As we look each verse Look at each verse briefly. Notice the number of promises associated with the kind of fasting that is acceptable to God. I do not know any passage of the Bible that contains a more condensed list of tremendous promises than verse 6. Is this not the fast that I've chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Notice that the motive for fasting must be right. Regarding letting the oppressed go free, I will tell you that in this ministry of deliverance, there are people who will never be delivered until God's people, and primarily God's ministers, are willing to pay the price of prayer and fasting. Then verse 7, it is not to share your bread with the hungry, then you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Fasting must be accomplished by an attitude of genuine, practical charity toward those who are in need. Some evangelicals are so evangelical that they have forgotten that the gospel includes loving your neighbor as yourself. This is a very practical form of love that God requires. God says that it, if our motives are right, if our attitudes and relationships are right, then he will tell us about the fast that he has chosen and what it will do for us. In verse eight, it says, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear, shall be your God for, or shall gather you up. 
The promises in this verse are close to the promise of Malachi 4.2. To you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. This relates to the same period of time, these last days. To us who fear God's name, the son of righteousness is now arising with healing in his wings. The essence of the promise of Isaiah 58.8 is light, righteousness, and healing. Jesus, the son of righteousness, came to bring righteousness for the soul and healing for the body. God promises that when we begin to fast, seek him in the right way, with the right motives, then he will come. Then will come light, righteousness, and healing. Continuing with verse 9, then you, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. God will write at your, God will be right at your elbow to answer your prayer, immediately at your disposal. Then in the second half of verse 9, God warns us again that wrong attitudes can spoil this. He says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, we can sum those up in three phases. The yoke is legalism. The pointing of the finger is criticism. Speaking wickedness is insincerity. If we give up legalism, criticism of others, and insincerity, then God says he is ready to hear us. In verse 10, it says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. When we see the need for practical charity light, charity, light will take the place of darkness. In verse 11, it says the Lord will guide us continually. He will satisfy our soul in drought. He'll strengthen our bones. We will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose water does not fail. Whenever I read this verse, I want to know how can I get what it promises? Something in me says, Lord, show me the way. The way there is state, the way that is stated in verse six, is this not the fast that I have chosen? When we fast like this, we can expect guidance, direction, and positive, clear assurance of God's presence and leading in every situation. No matter how dry it may be around us, we will have a fountain in our soul. At times, I've lived in areas of drought. It's easy to pick out the people who water their gardens and those who do not. The difference is tremendous. In the same way, the people who meet God's conditions, even when everybody else around them is dry and withered and parched, they will be watered like a garden. And then we come to the promise that culminates these promises of God. Verse 12 is the promise of restoration. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. Did you know that there are a lot of old waste places in the church that need to be rebuilt? You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. I've made a brief, brief study of individuals who really move God and men in, his, in the history of, the, of God's people. They laid the foundation of many generations because their ministry extended beyond their own ages. If we consider the great modern evangelists, John Calvin, Martin Luther, every one of these individuals on his own testimony practiced fasting. 
If you want to lay the foundation of many generations, this is what goes with it. Then we come to the last promise, verse 12. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. There are many, many breaches in God's people inheritance that need to be built up. We recall that God said in Ezekiel 22, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall or hedge and stand up in the gap for me, but I found no one. The prayer of intercessory fasting is making a wall, a hedge. It's standing up in the gap. It makes the repairers of the breach. There is a great pattern of restoration recorded in the Old Testament history. It is the return of God's people from captivity in Babylon to their own land and the rebuilding of God's temple in Jerusalem. We have reviewed this in connection with the life of Daniel. Let's look at the lives of two men and one woman who were also associated with this great, with this great process. Chronologically, these were Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Each practiced fasting. Ezra. When we turn to the book of Ezra, we go back in our Bibles, but forward in time. Ezra was leading a party of returning exiles from Babylon to the city of Jerusalem. They came to the point where they were about to take a journey of several months through a country that was infested by brigands and hostile tribes. They had with them their wives, their children, and what was even more important, to Orthodox Jews, all the sacred vessels of the temple that had been captured and taken in Babylon. One consequence about testifying to people is that you must live up to your testimony. This is one good reason for testifying. Ezra had made his bold testimony to the King Persia. Our God looks after his servants. God is equal to any situation, in danger, any emergency now what they were about to undertake, the dangerous journey, he thought, I can't go back to the king and say, we're fearful and we need soldiers and horsemen to go with us. That would spoil my testimony. What we're going to do, Ezra was faced with the choice between two ways of doing things, the carnal and the spiritual. The carnal way would be to depend on the soldiers and the horsemen, but he had shut himself off from that possibility. He was left with only one alternative, the spiritual. What form did the spiritual take? It took prayer and fasting. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ashwa. There we might humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help. So against, to help against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon us, all those. The hand of our God is upon all those for God, for good, for God who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and we entreated our God for this and he answered our prayer. Ezekiel 8.21. God heard their prayers. The power of prayer and fasting bound every robber, brigand, every hostile tribesman, every kind of epidemic and disease that waited for them along the way. 
They came through in peace and in safety without losing a single member of the party, having been preserved the beautiful temple vessels. This is one of the great lessons of the Bible. If you win the victory in the spiritual realm, you have won the victory, period. This is why the Bible is such a relevant book. Everybody is seeking answers to political, social, and economic problems. If a nation by prayer and fasting wins the victory in the spiritual realm, all of the human realm will fall in line. Win the battle in the spiritual realm first. For instance, and stand back and watch the economic, the political, and the social problems fall into line. We're going to stop there. God, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for just getting encouragement about another way, another way to be countermeasure against this horrific eugenic program. God, give us the strength. Give us the discipline to pick a time and a day to fast and pray and stand on your word that change is coming that this demon program will be shut down. God, let us fast and pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bring some willing fasters, people who want to fast. In Jesus' name, amen. Any comments? No, I don't have any. I don't know if I was able to fast. You have to. I wish you, I could. If you what, want to see what, change, what I, know, I know you're you very... You can't eat or drink? Right. No, well, I know you're thin, so I'm sure God don't want you to get thinner, but maybe for one day, and we pick a time to pray. We could do it from maybe 12 o'clock at night to 12 the next day, We and we pray at mid at, in the midday. It's a thought. Dion, what do you know about fasting? I know Dion know a lot about fasting. Dion. You fall asleep on me? You fell asleep, I guess. Dion? All right, fasting. Yes, yes, Wahida, we need to fast. We can fast. I want to fast for healing and for into this program. If God wants us to fast to end this program, that's where we fell. We ain't did that yet. We did everything. We prayed. We talked about it. But we ain't fast and pray yet. So. When you know Wahida, we can try that this week, at least one day. All right. Okay, I don't know if I could do it twelve hours. It's not like I don't want to do it. It's like what they're doing to my stomach, inflate, you know, inflame it with all your burning and I don't know. I'll try a couple hours, you know. Well, I'm sure you don't eat. I always every- gotta get stuff to drink. Stuff to drink is the main thing. 
like hot tea, you know, and, and uh, water. No, water. Water is it. When you're fasting, water. And some fasts don't even allow water. But you can have juice and sugar. and No, because then you're not doing nothing. You're doing the regular stuff. There's nothing special. Water. You know, a, a real tough fast, which I want to get to at one point, is I'm praying every hour on the hour. It's 12 times in 12 hours. That's when you're really growing in God. You know. So we pray to God to deliver us, to get us there. Give us the strength, Lord, to fast and pray. Let me cut the tape off. Do you have any good tapes for me, Juanita? Or you sent them to me already? What? Any good tape?